0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Jump In with Jumi. I'm your host, Jumi, and this is BlackDoctor.org where you're watching. You know, usually I come on on Thursdays, but it is Black Maternal Health Week, and it is such an important conversation that it requires two episodes this week. So you've got two chances to jump in and join in on this conversation about Black maternal health. With that being said, I realize that some of you have probably never seen me before. If you've never been here, you've never watched an episode. So let me know if this is your first time watching this. Let me know where you're tuning in from. Drop a waving emoji in the chat. Let's say hi to each other. Let's get this conversation really going. If you've seen me on Thursdays before, welcome to Tuesday's show. Thank you for sticking with me and coming to another engaging and exciting conversation. So let me know where everybody is tuning in from. Say hello. I'd love to welcome all of you new viewers and say hello to my faithful jumpers who I normally see on Thursdays. You know, this is Black Maternal Health Week, and we as Black women are going into pregnancy so much sicker than our white counterparts and any other group. And we really need to do something about that. And so today, we're going to talk about these structural inequities that have prevented us from getting the right kind of care. We're going to talk about some of the leading causes of maternal death in Black women. You know, we're going to talk about obesity, gestational diabetes, hypertensive disorders, all these different things, like how to create a care plan that works best for all of our Black women who are going through pregnancy. So it's going to be a really engaging conversation. And you know what, I'd love for you all to do is share this episode with everybody so that they can jump jump. in and join in on this conversation alongside with you. So once again, let me know where you're tuning in from. Say hello. I see people from Brooklyn, from Chicago, first time from Virginia Beach. Welcome, welcome, so happy that you all are here. It's gonna be a great conversation today. You know, if you're here for the first time, you probably don't know this, but each week, each episode, I ask all the viewers a question of the week to really gauge what you know about the topic and just to get the conversation going. And today's no different. It's a special episode, but it's still the same kind of format. So my question of the week or of the day today is about what you know when it comes to Black maternal health. And here we go. True or false? High blood pressure and cardiovascular disease are two of the leading causes of maternal death in Black women. Let me know what you think in the chat. Is this true or is this false? Is high blood blood pressure and cardiovascular disease one of the two leading causes of maternal death in Black women? Go ahead and put your answers in the chat. Love to get this conversation going. We are gonna talk about this a little bit later, Make sure you've shared this. Do me a favor, share it with at least one person, one person who needs to hear about Black maternal health, because it is, it is now time to introduce our guest for today. Our guest is Dr. Michelle, Dr. Michelle Ogunwale, who is a, she's an internist at Johns Hopkins Medicine. She also does a lot of health policy research, She's a research fellow. You know, her research focuses on clinical policy and community-based approaches to improving maternal health equity. Um, Her research is focused on racial disparities in maternal health among African-American women with a special interest in their experience within the healthcare systems and barriers to follow up after pregnancy. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Michelle. Hello, Dr. Michelle. Hi. How are you? Welcome I'm to Jim Driven Jimmy.
1: <laughs> I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me and for uh, creating a platform for this important discussion during Black Maternal Health Week.
0: Yes, it is Black Maternal Health Week. It is such an important conversation that we're going to have today. So thank you so much for jumping in. You know, please go ahead and tell the viewers a little bit about yourself and your work.
1: Absolutely. So I think you gave me a great introduction. I am a general internal medicine physician, which means that I take care of people with chronic medical conditions like high blood pressure and diabetes. And my work uh, that I focus on is related to how do we make sure that women are um, as healthy as they can be going into pregnancy so that we can reduce pregnancy complications And I also think about how we can improve outcomes after pregnancy. So it's not just about the pregnancy itself, but what happens after and how that can affect the next pregnancy if people choose to get pregnant and um, if they don't, how pregnancy can really tell us a lot about your future health. Um, And that's where I'm really focused in. I'm also a health disparities researcher, a health equity researcher, and I'm particularly interested in black maternal health, uh, which I think is a crisis in the United States and how we, uh, we eliminate disparities and eliminate the profound um, number of deaths that are happening for black women um, and black birthing people. And so that's where my work is focused. And in addition to thinking about these kind of chronic diseases that I spoke about as an intern I also am very interested in racism and the role that that plays in, in pregnancy complications um, and, and the mental health of uh, black people, black women, black mothers, and how that really affects not only um, our, our babies, but ourselves uh-huh. and um, how do we move forward. Um, and really, I think the last thing I'll say is a lot of the conversation is about racism and we have to address those things but part of my work is really thinking about you know what about the beautiful parts of being black and being uh, black women and black mothers uh, what about our joy what about our right. sense of community what about our strength um, there's all these beautiful things um it's like it all of black those black women, yeah. So, yes. so, how do we lift those things up too in this conversation? So it's not just about you know the the negative, even though there is an urgent problem. But part of that is how do we get to our joy and our health? You know, right. like our healthiest and most fulfilled life. That's what I. Um, and reaching for and dreaming for, for black women.
0: So. Absolutely. I'm hundred percent there with you. So thank <laughs> you so much for your, for introducing and saying all of that. So let's kind of start though with, you know, maternal health. It is black maternal health week. And I don't, I know that it's, you know, just become a real big thing over the past few years. And a lot of people are really pushing for this education, that it is an mm-hmm. issue. Mm-hmm. And so what constitutes black maternal health, A maternal death what does that mean? And you know the question of today, what are the leading causes of it? If you could start by talking about that, that'd be really great.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um pregnancy death is we think about it as any any death um, during pregnancy and up to three hundred and sixty five days after pregnancy, which I think not a lot of people are aware of. Some right. definitions say, well, the postpartum or after pregnancy period stops after six weeks, but, the Centers of Disease Control define that period up to a year after delivery. And so any death that occurs um, during pregnancy or after pregnancy up to a year following is considered um, a maternal death. So, um, so up to a year is
0: maternal death. It's not Just like when the baby comes out, you're done. Mm-hmm. It's up to a year is maternal death. That is actually really important to understand. So what are some of the leading causes of maternal death and how preventable are they? Are the cardio, yeah. are cardiovascular disease and high blood pressure two of the leading causes of maternal death in Black women? Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: and they are, they are preventable. Um, some of these issues are preventable or highly preventable. And there's, there's research that, that shows that. Um, and I think the, so cardiovascular disease, hypertensive disorders of pregnancy remain leading causes of death for mm-hmm. all women and Black women in particular. Um, the other things that we haven't really talked about here, but um un- unfortunately, we see suicide and um, more recently, like opioid use or drug use as um, other contributing causes that we have to have to also think about and think about what treatment looks like for
0: those causes. Um, And then just to touch on that, so those are causes mm -hmm. of black maternal death, opioid use and the suicides as well, in addition to cardiovascular
1: causes. Yeah. So those are general, like the top causes that you talked about, definitely um, cardiovascular disease in general, high blood pressure and pregnancy. And I would say for black women in particular, which I didn't mention on the top list are um. Pulmonary embolisms or blood clots in your lungs. So Mm -hmm. that's another cause, or blood clots in general. So that's another leading cause. But I just wanted to bring to light that um, issue that uh, uh, opioid use or drug use has been an increasing cause of death. And Mm -hmm. actually, when you look at the data, um, that that actually isn't, uh, or white women actually are more impacted by that than black women, according to the data. that is um, a little bit different. And the same thing, I think, with suicide and mental health. But some of those things that we think about, I am not sure these are some of the questions that I'm probing in my research or if we're underreporting that in our community, our, okay. our issues with depression and mental health. But so, certainly, from a disease standpoint, I would say cardiovascular disease, uh, blood clots, um, and high, high blood pressure or hypertensive disorders of pregnancy.
0: So all things that can be prevented. So mm-hmm. how do, because your research is all about, you know, health equity, social determinants, how do the social determinants and health inequalities contribute, How like how have they plagued, plagued women's health over the years and what is being done to improve that and reduce these issues?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, and just so everyone's on the same page, I think we talk about this word social determinants of health, or I think the language that you use the social determinants of health and equity and what that really means, or the way that it's commonly defined, is it's just the um, where we live, work, and play, For right? Sure. And how those things really affect our health. So things like our housing, um, the environment that we live in, the quality of the air, um, even our relationships with other people—all um, of those things are kind of um, They're things that are related to your health and they affect your health, but they're not directly diseased. So that's what we talk about when we talk about the social determinants of health. Mm
0: -hmm. And I
1: think um, more recently, and actually actually this is one of Dr. Joya Creer perry who does a lot of work in Black Mamas Matter and the National Birth Equity Collaborative, wrote a paper, um, collaborated or led a paper recently on that, on the social determinants of health inequities and what that means for maternal health. Um, and I think your question was, what does that have to do with these disparities that we're seeing? And I think, I think it has to do. Um, I think it's a very, very big factor. You know, when we think about um, when we think about health, you know, we uh, we understand that there are so many things that come together that form whether or not you are healthy. Mm-hmm. And also, even when you think about disease your ability to be able to work on that disease. I think those are two things. And so when we look at the risk factors for some of the complications that I talked about, so let's take hypertensive disorders. Let's talk talk hypertension. Yeah, Yeah. so um, when you think about all of the things that we consider risk factors, so having um, obesity uh, or overweight um, is a risk factor for hypertensive disorders of pregnancy. Having high blood pressure before pregnancy is also um also increases your risk substantially having mm-hmm. diabetes also increases your risk I and mean, you say okay well what do these have to do with the social determinants of health but all of these things that I'm naming also um are higher in black people um or black women in this in this conversation right and then when you take a step back and you say well why would high blood pressure and obesity and diabetes, which by the way, all kind of run together. So right. a lot of people who have high blood pressure uh, might have diabetes, might have um, overweight or obesity. And so why would that be higher in our communities? You know, And this is where you start to talk about this issue of structural inequity or right. structural racism that we talk about. Well, when we look at the things that um, increase rates of obesity, we think about things like fast food, not having access to healthy and fresh foods, um, not having places where you can uh, exercise safely. And when you look at the history of this country and you start to think about things like redlining, um, which was a practice that tried to keep Black people and Black families out of certain neighborhoods. um, and, And you see that what happened back then was you got segregated neighborhoods that were less invested in where Black families lived. And there's actually websites that map that that kind of segregation to the health problems that are happening today. So you see that the neighborhoods where the that segregation or that redlining occurred have higher rates of disease. And you say, OK, but why is that? We also know that those neighborhoods are less invested in. So right. there's less likely to be grocery stores there. We have something in research that we look at tree canopy, which is like just the covering of trees and um, yeah. in neighborhoods. They're lower in those neighborhoods than other neighborhoods. The air quality is different in those neighborhoods.
0: So um, so- somebody, I do want to touch on that a little bit because if somebody's in those neighborhoods, right, like mm-hmm. what can they do to improve their health? Because like, you can't change where you are, but there are mm-hmm. things that can do to make sure that it doesn't continue to negatively impact you. So what are some things that, what are some strategies that women who are, want to get pregnant? Because we know pregnancy, a healthy pregnancy starts before you even become pregnant. So what are some things that people can do to combat all of their, you know, living, their living environment, essentially?
1: Yeah. So I'm going to answer this in two ways. The first is that (laughs) I don't think that um, structural racism is the job of Black women to solve. That's just like, I just want to say that. Um, We are uh, victims of these problems, right? And so when we think about solutions, I don't think that um, it should require more labor from us. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one thing, but I also know that we live in reality.
0: So so I'm gonna give you an answer for that too. (laughs) I think that part of the work World is we don't have to deal with that and it's not a Ooh. burden on our shoulders, but we right. know we live. Yes. Yeah.
1: Well, and I say that because the solution to structural inequities and racism are policy level solutions. For sure. And yeah. actually today our vice president, and this is Black Maternal Health Week, had a round table discussion and why it's so beautiful and important to have representation and diversity and have her in office is because she has made this a priority and said that we need dollars and we need real change. So Um, I will give you one example of that is, I told you that the pregnancy period extends to one year. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, ideally you should be able to access care up to that first year postpartum, but Medicaid coverage, which is covered during pregnancy, which gives you access to health care, typically ends 60 days after pregnancy. So for women who all of a sudden had insurance because of pregnancy, now it's over. And, yeah. and yet I'm telling you that deaths are still occurring to a one year, mm-hmm. but there is legislation that we can pass to extend the Medicaid time to a year postpartum. That's Those are right. the things that our vice president is talking about when I, so when I talk about people don't have access to care and that's a structural problem. We know that black people are more likely to be on Medicaid. Mm-hmm. So this is again, you know, it goes back to these issues. So the way that we change that is to address a structural issue, but even within I, so i just need i need to say that cuz i think it's important to know that's that
0: it's very important exactly. that
1: that um racism is not our job to fix cuz we are you know we're the you know the black people black women are victims of that and so that's yeah. not our job to fix but i did say that we are strong and we are resourceful and you know we have power in community and i do think that there are things that we can do to still improve our health while we're living in the confines of these systems and while um we are advocating for change for ourselves and asking that the systems change mm-hmm. so that our lives will be saved. And I think some of that, and I know it does sound simple, but I, lifestyle changes are things that we can do. So, and and um, let's say something like walking.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: think people have this grand idea about exercise that it has to be um, a marathon or like some you yeah. know intense activity for five hours, but. You know, every bit helps. And so even if you only have five or 10 minutes to do some some activity, it's better than nothing. Even though we're right. You know, we typically recommend 30 minutes. Um, right. Yeah. 30 minutes, five times a week. Or you can do vigorous exercise, which is something like we'll get you out of breath. Forty five <laughs> minutes, three times a week. Um, but here I'm going to shout out my favorite organization. People think I like work for them. Because, <laughs> But Girl Trek is a movement with, um, about getting Black women to walk for their cardiovascular health, which we talked about was a leading cause of maternal death. Yeah. And the beautiful thing about that organization is that the, the idea pre-COVID and still now you can participate by listening to their walks if you want to listen. Um, they have a podcast. But we, you know, when we get in community and we walk together, things change. That is the legacy of, of Black people. And um, I love that walking is free. Yes, it is. It <laughs> something. Yeah, it's free. And it means something for, um, for our communities. Because when we walk, things have changed historically. That's how we fight for change. And I love that when we're in community with each other as sisters, you know, that um, we can walk together in our neighborhoods. And part of their work is saying that we walk together in our neighborhoods and we talk about what needs to change. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen groups of women walking together and thinking about, you know, I feel sa- I feel safer in this neighborhood. Cause like there's a band of black mamas out here. Like, you know, they're walking well, together. They're no not taking any them. men. Yes, they're, you know, they're coming together and walking together. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think part of that community too, and we didn't really talk about this. And I think it's not as talked about, but we know that stress in, Worsened your health. I mean, I'll just say that.
0: Yeah, no, it's true. You know?
1: And so I think part of that walking in community with each other and having um, a, a place and a space and a time for yourself in mm-hmm. community is really a beautiful thing and a helpful thing. And it doesn't have to be through Girl Trek, but I'm just saying the idea of walking a, a, a group opportunity. Yeah, to, a walking group it. Is an opportunity, and that not, that might not be for you, but if uh, that's something that's free that you can do. And then the right. other side of it is we think about um that's exercise. that was just an example, but nutrition, right So well, um let's, and talk I said-
0: terms, let's talk about hmm? it in terms of like, so we've talked about cardiovascular, risk. Let's talk about mm-hmm. it in terms of hypertension. What can a woman do to reduce her risk for hypertension? And we know that sometimes these hypertensive dis- disorders come as a case of pregnancy, but you're more at risk if you have a history of hypertension, if you have a family history of it. So what are some things that can be done to reduce that risk, whether it's exercise, whether it's food, like what could be done?
1: Yeah, so I'll say something that people don't like is that we are still learning more about things like preeclampsia and hypertension in pregnancy. Okay. Um, and what are the causes? But we know that there are things that we call risk factors that increase your chance of ma- having this. And one thing is, is um, and I know it goes back to this bread and butter stuff that is, you know, it's the same story, but having, um, overweight or obesity and diabetes are actually risk factors for having hypertension and pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And when you look at how do you reduce your chances of having high blood pressure or diabetes, Mm -hmm. well, it's interesting that weight loss actually, if you have, if you're overweight or um, obese, weight loss actually reduces your risk of all these things, diabetes, high blood pressure, et cetera, which is why I keep talking about lifestyle and exercise Mm -hmm. and diet. And it's not like a lot. I mean, I think we know that clinically, even a 5%, 5 to 10% weight loss, it's meaningful for reducing your risk of some of these diseases. So it's not like I'm telling people, go out there and lose hundreds of pounds because it's not that easy. It's hard. I mean, it's hard.
0: You said 5% weight loss can make a massive difference in how the like a pregnancy related outcome.
1: I'm saying that 5 to 10% weight loss can make a clinical difference in the risk of the disease. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it is going to take it away, but I'm just trying to stress the point that when we're talking about these things, it's not like you have to lose hundreds of pounds to get a benefit. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like what we tell people about smoking. Even Mm -hmm. if you've smoked for 50 years you put down that cigarette and t- tomorrow you not smoking is going to help you. So yeah, um, plus <laughs> that too, smoking, yeah. Smoking, um, increases complications in pregnancy too. And so a lot of women are motivated to stop during pregnancy. And that's a great time to start that habit of like letting go of, of some of these things if you're feeling motivated, but, you know, um, so I just wanted to put that out there that we know that that help that can improve outcomes. Um, and, We know uh, there's medications for blood pressure and diabetes and all of those things that I prescribe as a doctor. Um, And some of these medications you need to take during pregnancy. But I also, um, you know, I I'm a lifestyle and obesity medicine physician, and there is uh, I also want to encourage people. I think medicines are important, but I think lifestyle.
0: Oh, Butt is coming on,
1: <laughs> yeah, but lifestyle is powerful, and when yeah. I say lifestyle, I mean the choices about our diet and our exercise. For people who like, I know patients who like, they're like, I don't want another pill, there's nothing you could do for to sure. make me, I don't want to take it. Yeah, that's fine. Actually, um, working on your lifestyle choices in terms of your food and your exercise, your diet, it is powerful, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in some studies, it is more powerful than some of the medications that we give, and
0: so. Um, hold on we gotta let people y'all hear that mm-hmm. sometimes your lifestyle changes more powerful than medications like that's right let that sink in that sink yeah in. i mean
1: some of us and you know some of my colleagues who are who do this work i do research a lot and i see patients and there's some people mm-hmm. who see patients more than they're doing the research and you know there's a there's a subset of us who believe in deprescribing. prescribing which mm-hmm. means if you um, can work on these other things, you don't always need, you might not always need to be on all the medications. And so if that's a motivator for people, great, you know, but it's, I mean, the things that we talked about, like salt intake, there are special diets, one mm-hmm. of those called the DASH diet for high blood pressure. These are things that we've studied that we know... Um, uh, can reduce your blood pressure and, and, and substantially, you know, we can, we're talking about five to 10 point reduction, Mm -hmm. which is what we expect when we give people medication sometimes. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm saying that it's, um, it can be as useful. And so, um, those are all things we talked a little bit about. How do you prepare yourself, you know, for, for pregnancy and as a primary care doctor, or if you're planning pregnancy, um, we talk about preconception health. It's almost like you want to optimize your health and get ready. We, we may, you know, pregnancy is like I a stress I want to
0: talk step. about that. I want to yeah. talk, about, I think we you know I had a fertility episode some, some weeks back. And one of the things that the doctors talked about is like preparing yourself, preparing yourself, planning for fertility the same way mm-hmm. you plan for everything else in your life. And so the same thing, planning for pregnancy, what does that look like? What are some what's some care plans that people can put together if they're like, okay, I do want to have a child in this certain amount of months, years, whatever the Mm -hmm. case is, what should they be working on now?
1: Yeah. Um, and I will say, I'll also just say a couple of resources. I think the office of women's health, which is something that you can Google, um, Mm -hmm. at the NIH, I think they also have created some checklists around this. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that that's a potential resource, but, um, you know, I, I talk about these chronic diseases, um, as young women, reproductive age is what I mean. Um, and we feel fine. So mm-hmm. not everybody is going to their primary care doctor to check mm-hmm. out if they even have, um, high blood pressure, diabetes, or those things. And so sometimes women find out for the first time in pregnancy. Um, and we also know that sometimes pregnancy, it, it is ideal to optimize, but sometimes it's not planned. And so working on health, all of the time, I think, is always a good strategy. But if you are planning and you have said, hey, I'm interested in getting pregnant in the you know, next year or two, I would definitely see a primary care doctor. Find out where you are with your blood pressure, with your blood sugar, um, with your cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to them about your family history of heart disease, your family history of blood clots, because I mm-hmm. um, said that it, blood clots increase in pregnancy in general, right? Mm-hmm. But, but if, if you have a history of it, if you have a family history of it, it's important to know. And this is also, um, I I talk about how you should have these conversations with your primary care doctor if you don't have an OBGYN or a, an obstetric provider yet. Um, but it's always, I think that we don't do this enough that we don't have uh, conversations if you do have a primary care, but they're not your obstetric provider. How do we get those people to talk? Um, yes. And I think advocating advocating for that because sometimes I know a lot of people actually who do see primary care and they've been seeing people mm-hmm. and that person might even know you better. And it's good for us to talk to your obstetric providers when we can. Another thing that's important is people who are on chronic medication. And I'm not just talking about high blood pressure and diabetes, but some people take medications for depression. Some people take medications for anxiety. Um, some people take blood thinners for different heart conditions. There's a lot of things. And so We need to make sure that those medications are safe for Mm. um, pregnancy as we're going in. And we might not need to make adjustments of that. And so we could tell you, like, if you're on certain medications and you're planning pregnancy, we need to transition you off and try to pick other things.
0: So there's Um, a lot of conversations that individuals Mm -hmm. need to be comfortable having family history, current history, current medications, is there some way to for people to get comfortable having these conversations, especially if they're not having a conversation with somebody that looks like you as their primary mm-hmm. care physician? What can they do? What do you what do you encourage?
1: Yeah, I think that this is really tough. Um, uh, because I, I hate to just say like change mindset. But yeah. one of the things that I'll say is that I try to encourage black women when they're going to the doctor, you're the customer. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually supposed to be there to serve you. That's actually in our job. It's supposed to be service. This is what we do. Um, and I think if you have the mentality that um, I'm here to work for you, that's right, You're I, I'm working for you, then you have a right to ask any question that you have. it just be like if you were going in the customer as a, in a store to buy something. Right. You want to know, like, does it work? What's been the, you know, like... Um, if you were going to buy a car, you know, like, how did it drive? What are the other people who've driven it done to the car? Like those kinds of things. And I think that you um, can try to have that attitude about your health, but I know that it's not easy. Um, But I just try to, even for me to just to remind um, all of the black women and the people that are watching when they go in to say that this, this is my time. And if I don't understand something, it's actually not, um, it's not because there's something wrong with me. It's because that person isn't explaining it in a mm-hmm. way that can understand. So when a patient tells me they don't understand, as a physician, I think, oh, I need to work on how I explain this because mm-hmm. it's not understandable. It's not because of them, it's it's me. So the responsibility to do a better job of explaining is me. And if mm-hmm. I can't explain, I need to find somebody who can. Like That's all that it is. And so I think there's another part of that where sometimes I hear, well, I didn't really know what they were talking about, but I didn't feel like I could ask. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I would say is sometimes in the moment, because it can be overwhelming, you sometimes you have these kind of quick visits, is to think about the questions that you are important to you before, Ahead of before time. you go to the visit. Uh, mm-hmm. Because sometimes if you get overwhelmed, you just like, oh, I left and I didn't ask like the thing that I wanted to ask. And so I say, whenever you plan I think, and you, and also, I think it, it honestly, it signals things like, oh, they came with their questions. Yeah. Like, I better, you know, I better have my stuff together, you know? Um, and then I know this is difficult because it's COVID, you know, and we're in a pandemic, but, and it's not always possible for people. But I think when we get out of these times, I think it's always, it's if you need, if you want somebody with you, you know, um and that will make you feel supported or that'll make you feel like you um, will have the strength to ask the questions, or you want them to ask the questions yeah. and you know they don't play games. Whatever you need, I think that you, um, that you do that. But I know that it's not easy. I know that those aren't the best answers. And the last thing I'll say is this is during pregnancy, this is with your primary care doctor, this is after pregnancy, this is with your pediatrician, all of it, mm-hmm. if you don't feel comfortable And I understand that it is sometimes difficult to change providers, but if you have the capacity to and you don't feel comfortable, you don't feel like something's right, just go with what you think. You know, go with your gut. Um, That's okay. You know, Um, I I think that people should change providers if they don't feel um, listened to. Is that at
0: every stage, pre, during, and post? Or is there at a time where you think that, you know, just stick with it until you can switch because you're in the middle of the care? No, I don't don't
1: think that that's true at all. I think um, if you have a bad feeling and you have, if you are able to switch providers, then you should. And um, medicine is very, it's it's, uh, more fragmented than I think that we... (laughs) than we would like. So I yeah. think a lot of people um, have the experience where they see a lot of different people through their pregnancy. They go to the clinic, there's 10 partners, they might see the same doctor, they might not. Um, mm-hmm. People have had that experience. Um, even in primary care, they come to a clinic, they might see the same person, they might see a different person every week, whoever's there that week, you know, mm-hmm. that happens a lot. And so, um, and I, I know the equally frustrating thing is like, I found somebody I liked and, um, you don't always know if you can stick with them, but and also because delivery is, you don't always know when it is. You're, um, you're hoping that your your provider, your that you formed a relationship is the is going to be present during the delivery as well. And mm-hmm. this is also where, for pregnancy at least, I think doulas are just so underutilized.
0: Yes, and, how important are they to this to making sure that Black women are truly cared for mm-hmm. throughout the birthing process? Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm like I'm a fan and uh, not just like, I think that it really matters, you know. Um, I think that the work that they're doing is really underappreciated, but I think that their presence and you know, just the intention and the love that they're bringing to this work, it's important, it's needed and it and I think it makes a difference in the lives of black women um, in particular, you know. A doula is uh, some a, a helper of women, you know? And I think just having somebody who can be there for you and they're not thinking about other things just for you, I think is very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not a doula, and I just work closely with them. But I was actually watching some of the testimony from um, there was a roundtable talk this week from with uh, our vice president. Mm-hmm. And, um, there was a duo there who was talking about the fact that I think people have this idea that it's somebody who's going to help you bounce on a ball or something. <laughs> oh,
0: they the balls and they're like, Breathing. Yeah.
1: But she's just like, that's not what we do. I mean, we do so much more than that. You know, I'm talking about in- intention setting. Um, you know, what is the spirit in this, in the space that you want in the room? You know, uh, I do some work around what does it mean to you know, like if you had a sacred birth, if, if birth was supposed to be everything that you would hope for, and it doesn't always go this way, but it's, I think intention setting is important. Um, Reminding you that you are, you know, that you are the person who voice needs to be heard. Yeah. And sometimes having that support and that backing um, can help you feel like you can Uh, lift your voice and then I think there's just other practical things like if you've never had a baby you might not know some things and doulas can really help you um, Mm -hmm. navigate some of those um, things and also there's doulas because I think we've talked you know pregnancy we haven't really touched on this and maybe you had this in the infertility conversation but you know unfortunately and very very sadly like there's complications with pregnancy sometimes we have losses sometimes Mm -hmm. we're very um, and some people don't know that there are different kinds of doulas. There are bereavement doulas who help who help help moms who have had a loss or who've had traumatic deliveries um, and have um, babies who have a lot of complications. You know, that's really overwhelming to be in the ICU with your baby and then having to come home and take care of yourself and take care of your baby. There's po- postpartum doulas who help women in the postpartum period. So there's been a new call, I think, with the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology to consider the fourth trimester. So Mm -hmm. not to say that pregnancy ends in that final trimester, but to really understand that women continue to need care and support. Um, And I was listening to that duo talk and the doulas that I've talked to. You know, it's not, um, it isn't just always all about the pregnancy. There's, we talked about these social determinants of health. And I think this is where um, community-based doulas or we black doulas, especially and Mm -hmm. the work they've done around reproductive justice and understanding that the social determinants of health are so important. Yeah. And also sometimes what people need, you know, um, is is help finding housing. I mean, that's sometimes what you need, that yeah. how, do you, how do you work on your health? And I've heard women say this, like, I can't think about that. I'm not worried about my high blood pressure. I don't even know where I'm laying my head down. These yeah. are important
0: There's things. Different stressors that contribute to these chronic conditions yeah. that happen, that we have to start really addressing or you else this to. problem is not going to really go away anytime soon. So, Right, but which if, is why just with you matters. that we need these conversations with you to continue mm-hmm. to advocate for yeah. all the women that are going through it.
1: Yeah, and the one last thing I'll say about doulas too, and this is some of the work that we're doing to, tr- again, structural, trying to advocate a lot of Black mothers... Um, a lot of Black doulas that I know and doulas that I know have had an experience in pregnancy and it made them want to become a doula and advocate. They all, a lot of them have their own experiences. Um, And uh, part of the work that I'm doing is trying to make sure that that workforce of doulas, especially Black doulas, gets compensated for their work, you know, Um, because we can't just ask Black women to save other Black women and not pay them, and and this is where the policy stuff comes in. They, I mean, a lot of doulas I know are working other jobs and then they come and do the doula work on top of that because they're not able to um, make ends meet because of the way reimbursement works for them. And so those are the structural things. We also want to make sure that women have access to doulas, right? Like, um, if women- you're-
0: Is there an association of black doulas? Is there something that you can share with the viewers right now so that they can, we can put it you know, in the comments? Make sure people know about it. Yeah, I think that I
1: um, I'm not sure of like there's not a place that I know of right this <laughs> moment that you can just go in and search. Okay. Um,
0: well, somebody needs to make it. Whoever's out there. Yeah, of- I
1: was gonna <laughs> say I was gonna flag Health in Her Hue, which is a black-owned tech company that allows you to look, search for black providers. Um, mm-hmm. um, if you know if you're looking for a black provider, and there actually is, and I I I don't know if there's a way to to make sure that these resources uh, get to the viewers. But um, I'd love to post something about that because I think we we have ways to make sure that we know where all of the, I know because I'm a physician, like how do we find out the, the black physicians, which is important. But um, I wanna make sure that I talk to my network about how do you, is there a quick way to search for black doulas besides yeah. like, you know, I've done it before for myself, just really looked for doulas and I, just look to see if the agency or the kind of program they're building seemed to be aligned with what I was um, interested in. So I look for people who are interested in justice and reproductive justice and choice, because I know that the way that they're trained will be about centering justice in the voice of of, uh, the people. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's um, one way. And then, of course, I'm an out in Baltimore, right? And the DC area. So there's a lot of great people doing great work. Mama Toto Village is a big one that people know about and hear about. Um, And, you know, in Baltimore, we have Baltimore community doulas. There's a lot of great programs. And so, um, but I love that. And I'll take that with me too, but how do we make sure that people can find these um, as well? And I know part of the work that we're trying to do is trying to make sure that our Obstetric colleagues also know about this, Um, so certainly you can ask about this from your OB and the social workers and the people who help to uh, tell you about different services should know too. But um, we, you know, I think that it's good to have lists of these things. It's like
0: readily available. Yeah. Well, if they can improve the situations, you know, some of the situations we can't get out of, and so if there's something that can just Make it a little easier to navigate. Then I'm all for making sure that people get that information. So thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, I know absolutely. We have we a, have a, health in her hue is the one that I will just say off the top of my health. head. And
1: yeah, we've got Lula we,
0: in watching the show right now, who's at, based in Nashville, who's like, yes, let's let's talk about this. Let's get people involved. You know, she's willing to support. So that's why right. I love these conversations, and I think it's so 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 important for so many people to. Tune in. Um, as we're wrapping up, what are, you know, what are some key takeaways, like a few key takeaways that you want our viewers who are watching right now and who are watching the replay to take away whether it's them that are on the pregnancy journey or one of their loved ones or their friends or family members that are that are on the journey?
1: Yeah. So a couple of things. I think pre pregnancy health or preconception health is it's so important. And the more that we can um, think about our health coming into pregnancy, I think the healthier pregnancies that we will have. So um, preconception health, pre-pregnancy health, talking to your primary care doctor um, about those things before you're interested or planning pregnancy is really important. And I think it, it does make a difference. And we try to optimize your you as much as we can um, for a healthy pregnancy. And I'm an internist, so I'm going to talk about pre and post. And I think the same thing. Postpartum is very important, most especially if you've had a complication like high blood pressure in pregnancy, preeclampsia, gestational diabetes. These are things as a primary care provider um, that can increase your risk of having high blood pressure after pregnancy and diabetes after pregnancy, even if you never had it before. It's important for us to check those things. And um, we didn't touch on this, but... Some of these things like preeclampsia, we know, they are risk factors for having cardiovascular disease or heart disease later on in life. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you have um, high blood pressure after pregnancy and everything else was normal, mm-hmm. we still know a risk factor. And I don't say that to scare people. I just say that to say, it just means that you need to check on your health. Um, and that's a summary. I mean, I made this point to say pregnancy is a stress test. It's a time where you were asking our bodies to do a lot. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's an opportunity. Um, it's an opportunity to really engage and think about our health, and it's an opportunity to find some of the things that we may not have been thinking about when we weren't pregnant, and now our bodies have told us, "Hey, yeah, it, <laughs> it might it might be time to start thinking about these things yeah. um, in the future." So to use it really as an opportunity to really th- think about your health um, is what I would say too. So. Um, all about primary care and uh, prevention, you know, as much as possible. And the last thing I'll say is that the time in between pregnancies is also, um, it's also a time that we can work on our health too. So if you already had a baby, and maybe you had a complication before, like you had preeclampsia, and you're, you know, worried about if you're going to have it again, that's some of my work. Um, I think working on lifestyle, uh, weight loss, we know might help reduce that risk. And so there are some things that we can talk about and do. And these are the things I would urge people to see primary care, talk to their obstetric providers, work together to think about what we can do in between pregnancies to, to work on our health. Um, and then as always, you know, and this is almost a call for researchers, physicians, and also women themselves, because I think that um, when we lift up these stories and the, these voices, and I saw that, I saw black women and mothers talking to our vice president today those matter so um telling them the things that you're going through so i always tell you whenever you have an opportunity to use your voice if you can it actually really really means something so just to you know just to to
0: think about that too well this is a great wrap up because this is just part one of this mm-hmm two-part special talking about Black maternal health. And on next time's episode, which is happening on Thursday, we are going to talk about, you know, we're all going to talk to some people who are going through this, who have gone through it, and just hear their voices and talk more about postpartum, because it is incredibly important to hear from other people and know that, you know, you're not the only person going through these situations. So I'm so grateful that you came on today. Thank you so, so, so very much. It's conversations like this that, are so necessary because it gives everybody that hope that they need. You know, I'm not pregnant, haven't been pregnant, you know, don't have any kids, but I'm like, okay, I have things to think about. And I'm sure there's people that are like me who maybe just have had kids as well, who, you know, are in that year span after having kids and they, they probably have found this conversation incredibly empowering as well. So thank yeah. you so much.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And um, I just want to say that to all the Black mothers that, you know, you are worthy of a healthy and fulfilled life, and um, I think we're all we're all trying to to make sure that we all get there together as Black women, as sisters, and so thank you for this space, and um, and to just keep lifting up these issues so that we can get there. I
0: appreciate it. Yes, thank you. So for everyone watching today, you know. I really hope that you have found this conversation to be incredibly helpful and that you will go ahead and share this episode because I feel like there's so many people who need to hear this and to, who need to feel empowered and encouraged to advocate for themselves and make sure that their pregnancy journeys are the best that they can be. Remember, healthy pregnancy starts before you're actually pregnant and continues way after. So don't be afraid to you know talk to other people and make sure that you are thriving your best because what is it? Healthy mama, healthy baby, and we want you all to be healthy Black women and mothers. So once again, this is the first of two episodes this week about Black maternal health. And I hope you all will join me again on Thursday because we are gonna talk about postpartum, depression, that celebrity snapback comparison that we're seeing and what is known as the fourth trimester. So thank you all for joining today. I will see you on Thursday, same place, same time. Bye everyone.